Hello and welcome to the 1 160 of a second photography podcast season two should be in episode 79 now I explained in my last episode how I'm doing the seasons just because of a, a bit of a break it felt like a good time to call it season two it, it feels different so let's call it season two today I'm going to be talking about infrared photography where this inspiration for infrared photography came from was just the weather at the moment in the UK I think we're sitting through the hottest August on record it's incredibly hot and I was out doing portrait shoots and the lighting was terrible because it's the sun's so high really harsh light and while that light is terrible for portraits it's brilliant for infrared photography I'll talk a bit later about why it's brilliant for infrared photography infrared photography is not something you want to do in the winter although you can do it any time infrared photography is for that time when the sun is highest it's beating down it's incredibly hot that's when it's the best time for infrared photography. When we do photography, we capture light on a piece of film or on a digital sensor. And it's light that is converted into a digital signal or pieces of silver. Although for color photography, I don't know that it is silver. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. I'm not sure what the particulates are in color photography. But in black and white, it's bits of silver. In infrared photography, you're capturing infrared radiation rather than light radiation and they behave pretty much the same infrared has a slightly longer wavelength than light if you go the other way from light you get ultraviolet which of course can be photographed well ultraviolet won't show up in photography well actually i say that in film you used to use uv filters to cut out uv because it could show up on film however it didn't show up on, it doesn't really show up on digital, hence why you don't really need a UV filter for digital photography. However, you can irradiate something with UV light and if a certain dye is present, it will give out lumination. So you can have things like phosphorescence and luminescence and that is caused by whatever's being photographed being subjected to UV light. And certain chemicals will give out visible light when they absorb ultraviolet light. It's a bit of chemistry for you there. So infrared photography just picks up, well infrared is heat really, but it just picks up different radiation to our standard photography. You can test to see if your camera does this by you get a TV remote control and you hold the button down and you photograph the emitter. And some cameras will work and you'll be able to see it and some cameras won't work. It tends to be older cameras that work better. So if you are gonna take up infrared photography or give it a go, just test your camera out by turning on the TV while pointing at your camera and taking a picture and you'll be able to see if it works. Your camera can pick up infrared radiation, but it's almost no use at all because it's designed to pick up light radiation. So the light radiation will just wash over any infrared radiation. So if you're doing photography and you're doing IR photography, you need to get rid of the visible lights. So there's two ways you can do that. You can have your camera converted, but that costs a lot of money. And once it's converted, that's it. It's an infrared camera. Or you can just put an IR filter over the front of the lens, which is what I do. Now, both have consequences. So autofocus is calibrated for lights, but infrared photography has different wavelengths. So your autofocus would be out. However, sort of doesn't matter because you're cutting out so much light when you put that filter on your lens that it's too dark to autofocus anyway. So if you put something on your lens like a filter 
an IR filter and they're not expensive and you don't need the best one in the world. Yeah, a seven quid one will do. And you can get ones that have different strengths, of course. Just get a basic one if you're gonna try it. Put it on your lens. You'll need to do manual focusing or you'll probably need to take it off. And you're gonna need a tripod as well because you're gonna need a long exposure. So what you do is you put your camera on a tripod and you autofocus on where you want it to focus and then you switch it to manual focus then you put on the filter and then you take the picture and your exposure time will be seconds rather than fractions of seconds because there's more light around than ir radiation and you're cutting out all that light it's going to take longer to gather the required radiation to give a correct exposure or let's talk about the other way converting your camera if you convert a camera that filter that you would have put on your lens actually goes inside the camera and I think you can pay companies to do this and they just put the filter inside the camera and I think they adjust the autofocus as well or they can adjust the autofocus. But then once that's done, you can't ever go back to sort of light photography because your camera's set up for IR. So occasionally on eBay, you'll see a camera that's been configured for infrared photography and you can do it yourself. But I think particularly if you're dipping your toe in in the field and um, just for versatility, just put just put a filter on your lens. So what do the images look like in infrared photography? Well, it's almost like it's inverted from what you would expect. Things that reflect infrared photography are whiter than things that don't. So infrared photography has uses. So plant life will reflect infrared radiation. So plants and leaves in particular are designed to absorb light because they use light for photosynthesis and that's how they create their food and that's how we get oxygen due to photosynthesis. They also respire but I'm not going to go into plant biology today. They also respire like all living things but I'm not going to go into plant biology today. So there's no need for infrared radiation so they've not been designed to absorb infrared radiation and it gets reflected. If you take a picture of a tree with light radiation, the leaves are going to be green and they're going to be dark compared to, say, the sky. However, the other way around, using infrared radiation, the leaves are going to be reflecting radiation and there's not going to be much in the sky. I mean, obviously, the radiation comes from the sky, from the sun, but it's not going to be as much as reflected off leaves. So the leaves look white and the sky looks dark and everything sort of has this ethereal quality to it now infrared photography is used to sort of from satellites to work out plant coverage and and other things like that and i said you get a black and white image well you don't get a black and white image you get an image that has a color cast from the filter you use so you'll get a purple image and you will have shades of purple going from pretty much white to full purple and, and that's your range, but all you, you don't want a purple image, so all you do is you convert it to black and white and it's easy in software. You could even do it in camera, just convert it to black and white. There's no point in having a purple photograph, it, it wouldn't look very good. Going out and doing sort of cityscapes, you'll get these trees that look white and you'll get buildings that look dark and you'll get really odd, odd things. Don't forget your filter in the radiation that comes into your camera, so you will need longer to get an exposure but that has benefits so water will be still and won't have ripples in because you're doing exposures of seconds rather than fractions of seconds and it is a good experiment so the last time I went out and did infrared photography I did it on a Canon EOS M I think the original I bought that camera really cheap and it was a great little travel camera and I used the 
M mount lenses for it. I think I'll just use the M mount kit lens because that was a very good metal kit lens. And I did some infrared photography around Canary Wharf and the water was still and I got some really, really good images I was really happy with. But I haven't done it since. It's not a way of photographing people, although if you do do it photographing people, it's really for um, medical purposes because I, I think it shows up tanning things and skin damage. But now you wouldn't do it with people. You do it with landscapes. And it's almost like when the lighting's so bad for a landscape photo that you think, oh, I'm not doing any landscape photography. The lighting's so bad that that's the time to switch to infrared photography because when it's terrible for normal photography it's great for infrared photography don't think infrared photography is what you see in sort of night vision and things like that it does have a beautiful quality it does have an unexpected look it does stop and make you think and it, it is a good way to go for photography I, I really like it but you need a tripod you need a filter but I would recommend giving infrared photography a go particularly in the summertime when Maybe you're not going to get the images you want. Do let me know what you think. Thank you.